It is the 502nd show here in our second show of 2021. It's the Chair Shop Podcast coming back at you this Sunday evening. I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined as ever by my ever dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. I'm just trying to access the rundown sheet for this podcast on my uh, iPad. It's telling me I don't have access. It's my file! Stupid are you, are, you, are, are you signed into all your Google gimmicks? I'm using Chrome, so I should be. Anyway, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, anyway, the thing he's trying to access, folks, is it's that list of things that happen in the popular Dwayne Johnson film, The Rundown. <laughs> um, uh, he likes to just read it to himself every night before bed. Um, also with me, Mr. Joe Towner. Hi there, Barry. Paul. Hello. Happy New Year again. Again, yeah. Still, still 2021. Still January, so you're still allowed to say that. Um, it is the second week, as I mentioned. We are barreling on through the year. Um, I, I'll be honest, lads. I haven't had much of a week. It's been fairly quiet. Watch some TV, you know. Watch some movies. Played some games. I'll talk about all that in the um, in the coming two hours. But yeah, you know, another week on lockdown. Where things are really spiraling out of control here in Ireland. So I am legitimately trying to even limit my trips to the shop because things are so high. And Limerick has some of the highest like per hundred people rates of of covid in ireland which is among the top rates of covid in europe so trying to minimize uh, the old shop trips here so really have not been outside the door an awful lot um uh this week uh, i've started bulk buying my my morning monsters so that I don't have to go to the shop every uh, the, the 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 fine folks down there at Circle K uh, did a three for five option. Yes, please. Uh, that's Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday sorted. I thought to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, also, morning, morning monster. Also, the name of your sex tape. <laughs> oh, I feel like a morning monster, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, not a lot going on um, there. I've just had a very delicious burger for dinner, so I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, but it's been a it's been a quiet old um, uh, week. Uh, all I've really done outside of the usual, as I mentioned last week, I've been trying to. I'm reading more of the old comic books. Um, uh, at the moment, reading that that there Spider Man, um, oh. I'm finding it to be a nice a nice way to wind down. I, I I read an issue before bed, and I find it to be a nice way to to um, wind down rather than just like watching the telly until it's time to turn it off and go to bed. Um, you know, uh, read something really light and easy to digest, mm-hmm. um, which is good. So I'm enjoying that. Um, I'm on like. If anyone's curious, I, I know we have a few comic readers. I think Scott's read read more than the, more than his share of comics as well. I'm like on episode uh, issue. I'm coming up to issue six hundred of Amazing Spider Man, circa nineteen ninety nine. Um, that's the that's the era of of, of uh, Amazing Spider Man. The actual year it was released was like two thousand eight. Um, you know, the, the, it's the, the brand new day arc, if, you, if anyone's curious. Yeah, so I've been doing that. Other than that, I have just been working, watching telly, and sleeping. Uh, what about you boys? Oh, much the same, much the same. It's been um, first week properly back at work for me, and it is <laughs> by far the most difficult week of the year. I just, I cannot 
ever deal with the first week back in January. I get tremendous kind of post-Christmas January blues every year. And of course, this year compounded by the um, third, second, third, fourth lockdown, wherever we're on now. Um, yeah, so it's, it's one of those weeks you kind of drag yourself through it, <laughs> praying for Friday. But at least that's done now. And uh, we'll get a bit more. We we'll get a bit more sunlight as the as the weeks go by as well. That's the other thing. Is it's so so gloomy, so dark. But you know, tough times. But we we have to keep going, get through them. But uh, yeah, been been quite an uneventful week. Uh, felt a bit ill today, so that was a change. Hopefully, it's not the old C nineteen as we haven't we haven't actually been out anywhere or interacted with anyone without a mask on. So uh, fingers crossed, it might just be a bit of a general um you know this time of year sort of bug or whatever but yeah apart from that not a lot going on it's uh it's january folks yeah i'm just getting better now from the bug that i had last week um i'm still on the old miracle tablets aka the old benlin day and nights um but uh, yeah, mostly better now. I'd say I'm probably about ninety percent. Like I still wake up the odd morning and have a bit of a, I don't know how to describe, it, like a dryness in my sinus. No, I don't wish I was dead. But <laughs> <laughs> those are other mornings. Um, kind of like a dryness in my sinuses, as if my sinuses were all snotty and then the snotty had like crusted inside them and dried. Right. I don't know. It's an odd feeling, but um. I've not had to use the nasal spray the last two days, so I'm doing okay. Um, mm. That's pretty much it all week. Before we start recording, I asked Tanati, like, what do we do this week? And I just listed all the all the TV and video games and movies. And I'm like, well, aside from that, did we do anything this week? No, I'm just sick all week. That was pretty much it. Wow, that was a fun start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all, we're all we're all feeling feeling good, feeling good, ready to have a laugh. Cheer up your week here on Banter <laughs> FM. Ooh. Coming up next, it's uh, the Boomtown Rats. <laughs> I I also don't like Mondays. Do you ever think about what it'd be like if we could play music on this show? Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, my if, if we had like sound effects, like uh, oh wow. <laughs> that was good. That's good. You can do that very well. I'm the soundboard. I'm like that fella off yeah. a police academy. <laughs> I've never been able to do the uh, the disturbed ooh ah ah, ah noise yeah. properly. But that was pretty good. I gotta give it to you. What was that other thing I did a couple of weeks ago? That oh, was it Louis Armstrong? No, Chris Ria. Yeah, yeah. No, Louis Armstrong. No, it was <laughs> Louis Armstrong. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, we have we have and Joe and Joe has a killer um Kermit and Miss Piggy. I can't do any impressions, unfortunately. Mm. But as we learned very early on when I tried to impersonate Michael Cole on like episode two. Uh. <laughs> hey hey, Froggy! <laughs> <laughs> Louis Armstrong's back. <laughs> Reason he's fat, Albert. <laughs> hey, 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 Froggy. Hello, Master Bruce. Fat Albert at the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. 
Anyway, I remember we we went through a week or two of just constant Michael Caine impressions. Was that like a segment? Do we do we do a? It's got to be Caine or something. Thing that I don't know. No, I think it was just uh, we we watched a couple of his films, and every time we we done it, then we would do a bit. I don't think it was a feature. I don't think it was a feature. Ah, shame. Uh, yeah. So we will jump into our, our first of the many guffs here. Telly Guff, uh, I haven't watched much new. I I kind of restarted Barry, HBO's Barry, um, with Bill Hader. Well, that's um, you, though. That's me. That's a me, as Mario would say. Um, yeah, so I just have one episode left in season one. Uh, it's really great. I I'd started it before, but now TV pulled it as they are wont to do. But they put it back up, so I've uh, I've resumed watching. It's great. It's really fantastic. Um, I love, uh, Barry loves a show called Barry. What a surprise! What a surprise! <laughs> it's just it's playing to my ego. With giant letters on the screen, my name. I was like, hell yeah! Um, but yeah, no, it's great. Um, it's got that real kind of bingeable factor. Like really tight half hour episodes. Uh, really great. So yeah, enjoying that. That's about it. I haven't, I haven't watched a whole lot of telly uh, this week beyond that. But you like? I, I just watched the one show, one that I probably or definitely should have mentioned uh, in the 2020 awards, which is Cobra Kai. Um, so I started it ages ago and then just didn't get around to finishing the first season, but I finished that off today. Uh, and I, I unashamedly love Cobra Kai. Um, is of course the TV follow up to the Karate Kid movies that came out 30 years ago. Uh, features most of the original cast uh, that come back. Um, but with a whole kind of new generation of, uh, of kids learning the ways of Mr. Miyagi, the wax on, the wax off, the painting, all that. Um, and it's really, really good. They they managed to kind of not just make it a nostalgia fest, but also have lots of nostalgia in it. So I think it's it's really good. I started season two. Uh, season three came out recently. So I'm going to work my way through those two seasons as well. That probably would have been a contender. That might have almost knocked the Mandalorian off the top spot if I'd actually remembered that I'd watched it. Um, yeah, really, really, really good show. Definitely recommend that. Yeah, uh, everything yeah, I've heard about Cobra Kai has been pretty yeah. unanimously positive. Yeah, it's, um, great. it's really great. I've never seen The Karate Kid, though. So is it is it good enough that it's worth someone who who's never seen the movie and, and you know, maybe I would still enjoy the movie, but I wouldn't have... Um, the feeling of nostalgia like you know i watched gremlins way too late and i thought it was okay yeah. but i don't have that childish nostalgia for gremlins so would cobra kai, uh, kai think, work for me yeah i think you would enjoy the show i don't think you have to have seen it it's still quite funny and you, you would still get all of the tropes of like those 80s movies like the, the school bully right. and the, the girlfriend like you don't know if you've seen any 80s movie or have any awareness of movies made in the last 40 years, then you'll get, you know, what it's riffing on. But I would watch Karate Kid because it's just a really good movie anyway. So we'll give that a watch. If you ever do want to watch it, pop that on. That's on Netflix. And then uh, sit down for some Cobra Kai. Hmm. Might have to do someday. Um, But don't watch the sequels. Don't don't bother with the sequels. And what about um, Three Ninjas with Hulk Hogan in it? Is that worth, <laughs> worth a watch? Um, I think the, the Netflix series for that is coming out. Is it next year? Oh, no, wait. Sorry, it's Disney Disney Plus. They're doing the uh, Three Ninjas yeah. TV series. with. They're hey. doing the... Uh, <laughs> no, <not really>. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing the Monster in the Morning uh, series. Aren't they? Hey, listen, the content wars are on, all right? 
<laughs> Starring Terry the pig. Oh, I feel like a pig, brother. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, well, I've watched quite a bit of TV, and uh, I just searched an old email here because uh, Jamie, who emailed me in October, is going to be very excited to hear about my thoughts on Twin Peaks Season 3, a.k.a. Twin Peaks The Return. Hmm. Um, Wait a minute, that's start- Twin Peaks music. Wow. <laughs> He's back. Um, because I haven't finished the season yet. I'm, I, we're halfway through. We've watched nine of the 18 episodes. Um, and I want to revisit his email now that I have some context of what the show is about. So he says, can't wait until you make it to a specific episode of Twin Peaks Season 3. So I just want to say, I, I have watched the episode that he's talking about, and I will speak about it. Uh, and he'll leave it at that. As a whole, the Return series has occupied a weird space in my head for three years now. It so frequently drifts from off-putting moments of mad absurdity to unique and surreal beauty. So I've always found it incredibly hard to unpack, assess, and rank in my head. Um, yeah, so I... As people might recall from the last from last year, watched the original series of Twin Peaks, um, surprisingly unspoiled on it, which is crazy for for you know a series from 1991 that was for a time kind of mega popular, and then very quickly nosedived <laughs> into a, into cancellation. But I was able to watch that series without knowing. As as so often things are, just through osmosis of pop culture, without knowing what the 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 revelations etc of the series were, so that was a really really nice uh, experience. And then even more so, the 2017 series. I remember, you know, hearing about it coming out, but obviously I wasn't a big Twin Peaks fan at the time. I yeah. never watched Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, but even then, I didn't hear a lot about it while it was on. It seemed to just kind of drift by. <laughs> and people who maybe were into Twin Peaks watched it, and people who who didn't never kind of gave it a glance. I don't. I don't remember it making a, a significant kind of cultural footprint when it returned in 2017 on Showtime. Um, however, researching it, it was really critically acclaimed. Um, a lot of reputable uh, outlets had it listed in their in their Best series of the series of the year. Yeah. Uh, some people in their movies of the year because one one thing that's really unique about it is that it doesn't fit your typical serialized TV format. In that, you know, the original Twin Peaks was very not not a parody of soaps, but very influenced by the structure of of soap operas and that every episode had like a cliffhanger ending um for you to you know tune in the next day whereas these episodes in the 2017 series end very abruptly as apparently david lynch um in his head created the the, the series as simply an 18 hour movie jesus and so it it doesn't it doesn't have the same flow to it as what you might expect a twin peaks series would have um, it definitely um, feels very modern, which is nice. Obviously, the the 1991 Twin Peaks has that old um, charm to it. This feels very modern, and in a sense, depending on what's happening in the show, because there are a lot of actors in it you would recognize. 
not spoiling any of them, but there are a lot of people who show up and you go, oh, they're in this, they're in this, they're in this. Lots and lots of very recognizable names are in. Obviously, actors who liked Twin Peaks heard there was a remake coming, or not a remake, a, a third season, and said, oh, I want to get in on that. Um, but there are aspects of the show that feel very um, Breaking Bad to me. Okay. Um, there are aspects of the show that feel very uh, like lost to me. And of course, there are aspects that feel like what a Twin Peaks revival would be in a modern setting. So it kind of ticks all the box expectation-wise in how it was made. Where it veers off of the path is in how surreal it gets. And like my expectation for the series, because I didn't really... I didn't know what it was going to be about. I didn't really have any expectations. But when I heard that it would, it like amps up the the surrealness. I was expecting. I don't know if Joe. I expect you've probably seen two thousand one, a space odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barry. I expect you probably haven't seen it. No. <laughs> but like the last ten minutes of two thousand one, a space odyssey is is kind of my benchmark benchmark for uh, weirdness. I don't understand. And so I expected that Twin Peaks was, go- was going to be all that, just surre- surreal madness constantly. Uh, and it isn't. It's, 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 um, it's very uh, out there in some aspects, but it's also very, very conventional mystery story in other aspects. Um, early on, there's, there's some real 2001-ness <laughs> where uh, one of the characters goes on a kind of uh, celestial voyage, and I won't say any more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then episode eight, which is what I assume what Jamie uh, was emailing me about, is kind of as if, say you're watching um, a series directed by a, a kind of more visionary director. So, I don't know, something along the lines of a... I'd say uh, David Lynch, perhaps, I don't know. Sorry, yeah, but not David Lynch, somebody, <laughs> like, I don't know. Cool. Say you're watching S- Sopranos. Yeah, say Sopranos, for, for, for instance, right? And then in the run of Sopranos, there's suddenly an episode that has nothing to do with what's going on. It's just a completely surreal kind of origin story for the Ooh. idea. The idea of uh, the, what's the head of Soprano? Uh, Tony. Tony. Tony Soprano. So it's to do with his like he he's not actually a, a typical human he's like a an entity that has existed for millennia and it goes back and you're like what the fuck is this episode to do with anything but there is stuff in there that gives a a greater understanding to the series as a whole so this episode 8 um Episode one to seven, okay, have weirdness in them, of course, because it's Twin Peaks and it's David Lynch. And actually, there was a point where I was like, remember when a dwarf speaking backwards was was weird? Now that feels like so quaint and simple. But um, episode one to seven are pretty straightforward narrative-wise. They're, they're, although there's weirdness in them and there's um, surreal images used to tell the story narratively it's still pretty straightforward you can follow it episodes one seven episode eight then opens with like five minutes of the continuation of that story and then flashes back to 1945 and like nuclear bomb testing in um new mexico and then kind of goes from there into like a 2001 space odyssey style montage and then uh 
just only gets stranger from there. Um, one of the scenes in that episode was really great, which uh, featured the the giant, not the uh, WCW world champion, but uh, the Twin Peaks character, the giant. And uh, it was very, very interesting. Again, it's not something that's very straightforward or, or narratively easy to understand, but you can... Um, you can associate images from what's happening to the story being told. Uh, and in a sense, um, the episode reminded me a lot of uh, Razorhead, a David Lynch film, mm-hmm. which is actually, aside from Twin Peaks, the only David Lynch the, uh, anything that I've seen, apart from that um, Netflix short he put out a few like last year with the the monkey, um, whatever that that was called. <laughs> uh, what did someone do? What did what, what, uh, what Jack did, or something? What like Jack that. did? Yeah. Um, but the only feature I've seen is, is a razor head. It definitely reminded me a lot of the 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 look and feel of a razor head in a good way. Uh, and then episode nine was back to you know your simple Twin Peaks, and of course it does have that uh, thing of oh, it's a lot of the characters from the original show twenty five years later, and it's like that's really nice. Uh, weirdly, a lot of the people who were in the show died very close to its release, either before or after it came out. So, in a sense, they made it at just the right time because any later, and they wouldn't have been able to because a lot of the people, as I said, passed away sadly. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's up there with the, you know, the first uh, season in terms of like quality. I'm really thoroughly enjoying it. I tell you though. Surprising performance of the year award has to go to Matthew Lillard, right? Who you might remember as Shaggy from the Scooby Doo live action movie. And from Screaming That. He's like fucking incredible in it. Hey, <laughs> he's like great. I was like, what? Isn't he like a joke actor? <laughs> like a Dax Shepard or one of them? No, I don't know. He's like brilliant in it. Oh, no, he's my great. Goodness. Yeah. It's he's like- great. Scooby-Doo is like the only like sort of not credible thing he's ever done. I but I don't see him pop up in too much, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I don't know if he's been now. I don't know if he's been in too many hits either. That's you know that is fair. Um, but uh, yeah, he's great in it. Um, Kyle McLaughlin, of course, is like the star, the lead of it. He's great. Um, and yeah, it's nice to see people pop up from yesteryear, especially since David Lynch casts a lot of people who aren't actors per se that's just the thing he likes to do and and that also gives a kind of b-movie feel to the the third season which you know at times like i said is very uh, breaking baddie in in terms of it's like the style of the show and the the how how slickly produced it is but then some performances will kind of give you a bit more of like a b-movie feel like some of these actors might have been in uh been in sharknado or <laughs> movies of that ill because some forms are a bit a bit weird but um yeah it's it's definitely very very good fun um and if you've if you've not checked out it's definitely worth watch um also we finished up an anime series called fruits basket which was good fun we like blitzed through that Mm -hmm. um it's one of the shows natty enjoys and you know as a good boyfriend you give it a watch and actually i enjoyed it quite a bit too uh, and we started watching, well, we started with last week, season 13 of Drag Race, and that's continued now this uh, week. One thing about this series of Drag Race is that they've like split the group into two, presumably because of like COVID-19. They don't want to have mm-hmm. 14 um, 
14 lads dressing up as women all in the one room. So they've <laughs> like, them. We hate that concept. What are we doing? <laughs> they split them into like two groups and they're doing like one week is the first group, next week is the second group. So it's a bit different. It's a bit weird, but that show is still as fun as ever. And I think that's all that we watched. Oh, also I'll say from the, uh, the episode eight of Twin Peaks, there's like a, a, a creature in it that's like half frog, half insect and uh and i love that little the little little animal i love him call him frog bug <laughs> i love little frog bug frog bug is oh, my baby I love frog bug. <laughs> <laughs> oh and also in twin peaks there's a bit where uh dale cooper who's Kyle mclaughlin's character or one of his characters question mark i'll leave it at that Ooh. um he uh he's sitting at a uh one-armed bandit in a casino, a slot machine. And every time he pulls down the little arm, he goes, hello! And wins a jackpot. And it's very, very funny. That's like maybe my favorite bit in the season so far. It's just a montage of him going, hello! And pulling down the, the slot machine arm. It's very, very funny. Yeah, Twin Peaks, big, 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 big thumbs up. Nice. Sorry to talk about it for like 15 minutes, but I really love it. <laughs> what about Can I you? talk about a movie? Well, Joe on. did Cobra Kai. Can I talk about no, a movie real yet. quick? Go on. Go for a movie. I, I watched a movie today, which I think will be of interest because it's by a director who recently directed one of our movies of the year. Oh? I watched Upgrade today. Um, I don't know if either of you have seen Upgrade. It's directed by... I don't know what the man's name is. I, I don't have the, a few weeks ago when I watched Deus Ex Machina, I... Or uh, just Ex Machina. I was debating back and forth that or Upgrade. I will. I really want to watch Upgrade at some stage. Yeah, I think Ex Machina is the better film. I think you made the right okay. choice. But Upgrade is directed by Lee Wannell, who directed uh, The Invisible Man. Ah, very good. Um, uh, so I watched that today it was bought for me on Blu-ray for my birthday a few years ago and just never got around to watching it um, but as part of my alphabetized movie watching I watched two movies this week Scarface uh, and Upgrade now you, you might be thinking Paul S and U are not two consecutive letters that doesn't follow on uh, but I, I watched Scarface yesterday which is two hours and 50 minutes long and then i want to i went to watch there will be blood and it's like two hours 43 and i was like this movie is too long for me (laughs) so i watched the one hour 40 upgrade instead um upgrade is really fun i think um i think both of you would really enjoy it if you were into the invisible man it's Mm. not quite as it's not quite as clever as the invisible man dare i say but it's got it's it's got really interesting um, take on like kind of what they're going for with like cyberpunk this year. It's got a lot of um, like cool. It's 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 like a dystopian future movie, but it's got a lot of cool like body modification ideas in it, and it's to do with like technology and and its increasing influence on us in a physical sense. Question mark. Um, but while the dialogue is a little bit clunky and the story is is kind of simple and kind of, you know, we've seen it all before, uh, the action is super, super fun. 
Um, I assume I haven't seen a trailer for it, but I assume if you check out a trailer for it, you'll have a little clip of the action. And so, so essentially, what what upgrade is about is this guy who, um, similar, kind of inverse to the uh, Invisible Man, he's his um, wife is killed and in an attack, and he's paralyzed. He's turned into a quadriplegic, and then he has a chip embedded into his body, which allows him to to walk again, and and actually, in a sense, gives him um, like super reflexes and stuff. So there's like fight scenes where he's like lying flat out on the floor on his back and goes directly from flat on his back to his feet. And the camera kind of follows him. The camera does like a a 90 degree turn as he comes up. And the camera movements are really interesting and really fun. The action in the movie is great. Um, Like Invisible Man, it's a little bit grisly, um, which luckily wasn't too grisly for me. Um, but uh, that movie is is super fun, and and actually, it felt to me like a really interesting video game idea done as a movie instead of a video game. Um, lots of really cool action, lots of interesting ideas about, um, you know, bionics and uh, body modifications. It's not very long, so if you have an hour and a half, I assume it's on like Netflix or Amazon Prime. Uh, it, it was the movie that director made before Invisible Man. So if you want to see some of the building blocks that led him there, I would give it a definite recommendation. Yeah. It's very, very fun. Sounds good. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a dumb, mindless action movie <laughs> with uh, not necessarily mindless, because like I said, there are some interesting ideas in it, but like the plot and the dialogue is a little on the clunky side, but that's, you can forgive because it's so much fun. Hmm. Uh, I then watched, well, I watched Scarface prior to that. I'd never seen Scarface, if you can believe that. Um, it's fun. It's definitely fun. I think I was spoiled a little bit by how recently I watched Godfather and Godfather Part 2, only because I kind of prefer the the classy mobster drama a little bit more than the, the sleazy <laughs> Scarface style. Because uh, Scarface, while Godfather is, you know, has scenes of like violence, etc., Scarface is a little bit more indulgent in its violence and its its sleaziness overall. Yeah, because I think I think its legacy is kind of like hugely grown over the years. At the, when it came out, it was thought of as like this gutter film. You know what I mean? It was not a pristine yeah. ma- mafia movie upon release. Um. And yeah, I mean, I obviously I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I see a lot of the influence of its time. Like I'm, I'm assuming that it didn't necessarily come up with these tropes, but it definitely fits into the category of like uh, palm trees silhouetted against a, a cocktail gradient, you know, uh, that we associate with your your Hawaii Five O's and your Magnum PIs of the the eighties. Um, it has that pulsing soundtrack. I, I don't know what genre necessarily call it but you know obviously it has to push it to the limit um montage it's like the perfect montage song <laughs> and has a lot of those unt, 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 driving kind of uh beats to the to the soundtrack um pacino's very good in it although there is one scene where i think because he's, he's obviously doing the um razor ramon uh cuban accent um i think he's very good in it there's one scene where he's in the 
the tub where I think, I don't know whether his accent doesn't slip necessarily, but I, I think whatever he did in that one scene, it kind of slipped into a, li- a little bit of hokiness for me, but the rest of it was very good. Um, and obviously the kind of last scene, a little bit, little bit, um, kind of taxi drivery in, in oh. again, a more, more kind of sleazy way, but, um, very, very fun. Uh, he did the bit where he says, say hello to my little friend. And I was like, ah, oh, that's the famous bit from the movie. He said it. Um, but uh, God, I could that push it to the limit montage is like the best bit of the movie. I could watch. I could have just watched that for three hours, to be honest. <laughs> Where they're bringing the money into the bank. Your man's looking out the window at them. Oh, tremendous stuff. Um, yeah, it was really, really good. I, I wouldn't necessarily put it on that top tier with, with Godfather, with Goodfellas. No, but, uh, I put it you know slightly below. Like I think I gave it an eight on Letterboxd, an eight out of ten for me. Um, little bit on the long side. I don't know if, if the kind of movie it is necessarily needs to be two hours fifty or whatever it is. Like okay, Godfather can be three hours long. Fair enough. Scarface. It, it felt a little bit on the flabby side, but it was uh, definitely worth a watch. Definitely something I should have visited years before. But uh, that's all the movies I watched this week. Uh, ready about you, Joe? Well, I got a couple old movies, and then uh, my exclusive uh, Muppets countdown, which definitive, I, uh, definitive list, definitive Muppets countdown. I promised before. Um, so, I watched a movie called Wild Rose, uh, which is an indie movie about a wee Scottish uh, lass who loves country music and wants to be a country singer, um, but she's hiding up. A bit of a checkered past. Uh, you'll be Ooh. intrigued to learn. Um, so anyway, she gets out of prison at the start of the movie and goes to work for this slightly kind of middle-class, well-to-do um, household in, in Glasgow. And um, it's about her trying to kind of break into country music despite being kind of, uh, you know, in Scotland, very far away from uh, the, the south of America, where the, the kind of hotbed is. Um, so it's quite a nice movie. Um, I... Give it a mild recommendation. Um, performances are pretty good. It's it's quite a simple story. There wasn't wasn't a whole lot to it, but a nice a nice little tale. Um, I also rewatched last night Dead Man's Shoes, the Shane Meadows uh, movie starring Paddy Considine and some other people. It's a revenge thriller. Absolutely f- fantastic movie. Um, uh, I don't want to say about it. I, you could, it's about a guy and his kind of um, brother who has kind of learning disability and who's been bullied by this kind of gang of sort of petty criminal drug dealers. And the brother kind of uh, comes to sort of take revenge and it goes from there. But it's a really, really good movie. Um, so if you've never seen that, definitely check that out. If you've seen uh, This Is England uh, in that series, it's very much in a, in a similar kind of vein, sort of gritty sort of Midlands um, drama. Um, so I watched that, and in, in contrast to that, I also, over Christmas, watched all the Muppets movies. Um, so here is the exclusive countdown of all eight Muppets movies that have been released, oh, only been released theatrically, so this does not include kind of TV Muppets movies, because there are a few of those knocking around as well. Um, this is just the theatrical one. So there's been eight movies. <clears throat> At number eight, we have Muppets from Space. Uh, Ooh. which is by far the worst one. I 
erroneously have always thought that this was called Muppets in Space. Me too. Yeah, I, I yeah. When you made that distinction at the beginning, there, I was. Yeah, and I always assumed that they actually went to space. I thought that was the whole thing. It was just Muppets and they go to space, like or something. Turns out it's actually more like an alien movie. Um, so this came out in I think it was ninety nine or ninety eight. Um, kind of following sort of Mars attacks and Independence Day, so it's actually more of a, you know, aliens come to Earth kind of Muppet movie, and it's really bad. Um, it's, it's not particularly funny. Um, I don't, I can't remember if there are probably some songs in it, but I couldn't really tell you what was in it. And the cameos are absolutely awful as well. It includes um, Kathy Griffin, uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Jeffrey oh, <laughs> Tambor. Uh, David, Ar- I think David Arquette was actually in it as well. Yeah, David Arquette was in it. It is by far the worst uh, collection of um, cameos in any Muppet movie. And overall, the film was just pretty bad as well. Um, that was number eight. So number seven would be Muppets Take Manhattan. So this was the third Muppets movie where they go to New York to try and start a kind of uh, musical on Broadway. Uh, it's a pretty light concept and not re- a lot really happens in it. There's a couple of cameos. Again, nothing really notable. It was a quite a weak follow-up to the first two. Uh, number six is The Great Muppet Caper. So this was the second movie, second Muppets movie. Um, this was the kind of classic they go abroad uh, follow-up movie that every uh, film franchise um, tends to rely on. Uh, so they kind of go around, they go to London and get involved in some kind of heist. Uh, Diana Riggs in it, and she's a lot of fun, actually. Um probably one of the highlights of the movies and there's a few kind of cameos from sort of famous British actors and things like that. So decent little movie, not brilliant. Um, number five, Muppets Treasure Island. Um, so this was the, f- came out in, God, when was it? Like 95, I think. So kind of very much ni- 90s Muppet territory. Stars Tim Curry um, coming off the back of Home Alone 2. He's quite funny in it, quite a good story. But again, overall, in terms of sort of songs and memorable moments, not a huge amount that I could pick out, really. Um, I think the notable thing about it is it stars a young, I'm going to forget his name now, um, Kevin, what's his fucking name? Right, I'm going to have to look this up. Uh, a young Kevin Bishop, um, who would later go on to star in Channel all four Channel 4 comedy shows. <laughs> Uh, like the Kevin Bishop show and a few and Keith Lemon the movie, um, so when I found out he was in it, that was quite the uh, surprise. Um, so number five, number four is the Muppet movie. So the original uh, Muppet yeah. movie made back in the seventies. Um, it's really fun. It's a, it's like a very classic road trip movie. So the Muppets kind of go to Hollywood to to make Kermit famous, packed with brilliant brilliant cameos, especially the the final one uh, in the movie, which is really really probably could never be topped. Um, yeah, it's good. It, it's it's obviously quite dated, and it's got that very classic Muppets feel, where it's yeah, it's a lot of kind of singing and very kind of seventies, but that kind of late sixties sort of hippie, happy, clappy, teach the world to sing, have a coke, and let's all join hands, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, very funny movie, really good cameos, and it kind of set up everything. Number three is Muppets Most Wanted. Um, so this was the most recent one. This was the follow-up um, to the kind of re-rebooted Muppets movie. Um, this actually stars as the main humans, Mr. Ricky Gervais and yes. Tommy mm. uh, I have to say, it's the best thing Ricky Gervais has done in the last ten years. <laughs> um, he's not 
he's, he's actually all right in the movie, but he, he just does the kind of typical Ricky Gervais, David Brent character performance. You know, just, just reads out lines. And has, <laughs> he doesn't do any acting or anything. Oh, Kermit, oh, God would like that, would he? Oh, oh. oh. what are your pronouns, Miss Piggy? Mm. Yeah. Um, He's, he's quite good, and he does do the Brent dance at one point, so, and I popped for that. Of course. Oh, man. No, that was brilliant. It was brilliant. Uh, it's like Hogan coming back in 2005 to drop the leg on Muhammad Hassan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that movie's really good. That is actually packed full of cameos as well, some really, really good ones in there. And it, it is, again, the movie where they go abroad for the sequel, um, which is a bit lazy, but they do make it kind of very funny, and there's lots of great gags in there, so I enjoyed that. Number two in the countdown is The Muppets, which was the 2011 uh, revival of The Muppets, which is really fun. It's kind of a bit of a soft reboot of the original Muppets movie because it's um, a little bit of a road trip to to Hollywood. Um, And they, except this time, they're trying to revive The Muppets and uh, save the old Muppet theatre and that kind of thing. But I think Jason Segel and Amy Adams are, are absolutely brilliant in it. Rashida Jones, Chris Cooper are fantastic in it as well. Really, really good songs. Probably some of the, the strongest, like soundtrack, because they blend it with original songs and with kind of covers of um, pop hits. So that was really, really good. Um, however, number one is, of course, Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, of course, uh, the absolute best Muppet movie. Uh, Michael Caine is, is brilliant. I mean, he's an Academy Award winner, of course. Um, he's really good in the movie. Um, and I think what I really liked watching it at Christmas is that I kind of forgot, is they actually use a lot of the dialogue from the book. Like, it's not just a kind of Muppets movie. They they kind of put that around the actual Christmas Carol story, and then Michael Caine delivers a lot of the, you know, the original dialogue. Um, and obviously, the, you know, great songs, great moments. Rizzo is, is the absolute star of the movie, um, as he was in Muppets Treasure Island as well, and Muppets from Space. He kind of got de-emphasized in the most recent two, which is a shame, because he is absolutely... Uh, hilarious um, but yeah Muppets Christmas Carol number one uh, probably not a controversial choice but uh, yeah that is the Super Muppets Super Countdown so excellent wondering what order to tackle them in there you go and that's the uh, yeah the Muppets Countdown thank you very much uh, uh, on the movie front myself this week I've been trying to um, following our chat last week where we were talking about our our favorite movies and whatnot. I kind of realized it's like I, I I really didn't see that much last year, largely due to not having a cinema to go to. So I uh, set about kind of just watching uh, in the last week or so, kind of watching some of the more notable things that I'd heard of here or there that got a little bit of a buzz to 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 watch. So I'm gonna work my way through them, and I kind of want by like next week to just put a pin in it and, and uh, put together the old the old definitive top ten, uh, as it were. A couple of films I watched this week, these I think are all on... No, they're not, but they're mostly on, on streaming services. I watched Colour Out of Space, directed by Richard Stanley. Have either of you seen this? No. So it is a sort of alien invasion horror movie of sorts it's very weird it's very weird but i really like it stars nicholas cage um as a a um a sort of uh, quiet uh, sort of a uh, um 
country living dad. He and his family live in this nice house in the middle of nowhere, basically, uh, where his wife is just kind of on the computer all day dealing with clients, and he's trying to live the farmer life. He's got this, uh, you know, kind of uh, burnout, weed smoking son, and this kind of hippie uh, daughter who who practices, you know, Wiccan and all that other stuff. And a meteor crash lands in their garden. And uh, it bears an alien life within it, and shit starts popping off. This movie is is really weird. It's not an alien invasion movie in the sense that the meteor crashes and then a big gangly gray thing comes out and chases him around the place with an anal probe. Um, I'm trying to think. It, it's 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 a very unique film, so I can't really say it's like X. It's like it's like, but it's it's sort of like maybe a little bit of like hereditary mixed with annihilation um there are bits of it i think it's probably leading leading more in the annihilation direction um with a bit of b movie uh kind of cheese in there as well um it is phenomenal i absolutely love this um it's it's kind of darkly funny it's weird it's it's obviously made on quite a modest budget but it's still incredibly visually stimulating lots of you know the computer effects are not amazing but they're they're very creatively done and there's a ton of great practical effects um and nicholas cage sometimes you know he's he's kind of a man of two halves you don't really know what you're gonna get he is incredible in this he is incredible um as 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 he as everything sort of slowly unfurls around him uh and he gets a bit crazy um so yeah huge recommendation recommendation for that that's on amazon prime if anyone wants to uh uh, check it i believe they i believe it was an amazon uh, release in general so big thumbs up on that that's my new favorite movie of the year by the way sorry soul um but uh, i i did love it very much uh, the other thing I watched, which is also on a streaming service, was a little Irish film called Wolf Walkers, which is a beautifully animated film about, um, it's set in 1600s Kilkenny in like an English, uh, uh occupied town. And it's basically about this daughter of an English soldier. She kind of goes out into the woods. And she makes friends with a little Irish girl who is a mythical wolf walker. So basically when she goes to sleep, she turns into a wolf. Uh, and they make friends, uh, but uh, things go south as they are wont to do in in 1600s Ireland when you're English and you make friends as a little Irish. Um, you know uh, there are complications, and basically the the wolves are kind of this like bothersome presence that the English want to rid the forest of uh, in kind of a symbolic way. They want to tame or get rid of the of the wolves to to show the Irish that they can that they can be you know uh, dominant but fair rulers type thing. It's good. It's it's beautifully animated. It's really, really, really gorgeous with a really lovely original score and a great voice cast, including Mr. Sean Bean. Uh, um, He's very, 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 very good in it. Uh, And also Tommy Tiernan in a kind of a comic relief, uh, over-the-top Irish character, as he often is in everything he does. Uh, That's great. That's on Apple TV Plus or whatever it's called. Um, if you have if if you have a sus- subscription to that, that is watchable there. Uh, just today, I watched Baby Teeth, which is a Netflix movie, uh, and it is a sort of uh, very kind of sad and and um, uh, kind of uh, 
difficult to deal with uh, coming of age film. It's about it's an Australian movie about this girl who um, she sort of is suffering from a a, a relapse of, of cancer, and so she's having to go through chemotherapy, and she basically uh, becomes infatuated with this troublesome older boy who's also like a drug dealer, and is how her family kind of deals with that as she. Um, you know, she's you know facing down the barrel of not surviving, and they want what's best for her, but they also want her to be happy. It's 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 got a lot going on, um, and the parents are very well fleshed out. They both have their own vices and uh, their own shortcomings. Uh, the mother is I can't remember the actress's name, but she is the mother from the Babadook. Um, so you know, very, so very good actress, obviously, and she's great. The whole cast is is phenomenal. Um, uh, I think the dad was my favorite. They're, they're all great. That's a that's a recommendation. Well, not a barrel of laughs, as you might imagine, based on the premise. Uh, but it's on the old Netflix if you want something a bit more a bit more dour. And then the the last film I watched on the old twenty twenty catch up. Uh, this is not on any of the streaming gimmicks, so you just have to like pirate it or rent it. Uh, was spontaneous. Uh, starring Catherine Langford of uh, 13 Reasons Why fame. Uh, it is a movie about a teenager, a 17-year-old, whose classmates start spontaneously combusting, as in just exploding into big, fleshy, bloody um, puddles. And uh, this boy in her class decides, well, since any of us could die at any moment, uh, I'll profess my love to her. And they kind of have a whirlwind romance. But uh, the explosions keep coming. And so the class has to be quarantined as they try and figure out what exactly is wrong with everyone. And again, it's, it's another little bit of a coming of age uh, uh, movie with a, with a dark twist. Uh, it, it, I like that a lot. Uh, it, it, it's, it would probably be in my top five, certainly in the top ten films at the end of the year. Very funny, very sweet, great performances again, um, uh, and a great soundtrack. It's, it's kind of got a, a very kind of bouncy, uh, kind of teen romp uh, soundtrack, even though it's, it, it's a bit, uh, it is also a bit dour in spots. But uh, big thumbs up for that one. I'd say that one definitely needs to be on the old, uh, old catch-up list if anyone's rounding up the 2020 films they missed. So that one's called Spontaneous. Um, yeah, so a rake of good films. I watched a lot of great films this week, um, and I would recommend basically all of those I said. And as I said, all of them except Spontaneous are on the various streaming sites. So, um, so yeah, a couple more I want to I wrap up, and then I might do the old uh, revised top 10 maybe next week if I can get it hammered down uh, of the 2020 films of the year. After our show last week, I was kind of like, ah, oh, that's... I haven't watched enough stuff. That's that's you know, and I, I also realized I, I like I haven't listened. I should really should have listened to more more albums and things like that. Um, but you know, onwards and upwards. Uh, yeah. So that was my movies for the week. Uh, Paul, were you playing any video games this week? Yeah, but speaking on albums, I listened to a bit of that new Eminem one. Oh. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I think it's slightly better than the the actual album he put out last year because this is like side B or whatever. But it's it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> the same as what he does these days, where he does an awkward rhyme, rap like this. He don't like there. He doesn't actually have a like a flow per se. Does he do the one where he just raps really fast? Uh, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I did but forget to, I, I forgot to mention, as is always the case with our award shows, I need to ah, oh, I forgot to mention. I think I still would have picked Phoebe Bridgers, but I, I did also love one album I wanted to make mention of last, uh, last year. Uh, album called, self-titled album by a group called The Anxiety which is a two-person kind of hip-hop indie band uh, weird hybrid thing that I really like. Uh, I can't remember the the other fella's name, but the girl is Willow Smith, uh, daughter of Will, who's a very good singer. I'd heard her here and there featured on Bits and Bobs all over the place. She's quite good. She's great on this. So yeah, the the album and the, the group's name is just The Anxiety. And it's very good. It's, you know, not all the, not all the hits are, are, are bangers, but as a debut effort, I thought it was great. Um, if anyone wants to sample the video, I would say the track "Meet Me at Our Spot" is a lovely sort of, uh, uh, you know. Again, it's kind of it's it's not as um, not as I'm going to uh, drink cough medicine myself to death as a lot of the depressing rap can be these days. But it, it's kind of that kind of you know twee kind of maudlin uh, life is life isn't great rap that's that's the the rage at the moment. So I wanted to make mention of that. But um, but yes. We will, we will move on to the video games. Okay. Um, so I finished Watch Dogs Legion. Finished? F- finished. Finito. I think I've only I done the like, region of that game. I didn't get the old platinum. Uh, unfortunately, the, the trophy list has a lot of uh, kill 10 people as the beekeeper, which, which nah. I did. I, I did get that trophy, but a lot of it is like play the game this way and it's like well let me play the game my way yeah and after i'm done with the game i'll see what the trophy list looks like what's left and if it's worth like picking up the few bits and pieces maybe i'll do it but like i finished the game with i think 58 percent of the trophies and it's like i really enjoyed the game i probably i don't know 30 hours or so into it uh i'm not really bothered to play it for like eight more hours yeah whatever the trophies they're not that important um and besides i have spider-man miles morales to play in like two weeks before hitman 3 gets here which i ordered so no thanks watchdogs legion and then i funnily deleted it off the ps4 and then hastily reinstalled it when i remembered that i bought the season pass so (laughs) um their their communications about the season pass and the DLC is very confusing, very poor. Like it took me going to like three websites to figure out that no, the DLC isn't out yet. It's going to be coming out into twenty twenty one. Because if you go to if you just search like Watchdogs Legion DLC, it's just like a rundown of the season pass, like what's in it, but with no dates or information. It like talks about it as if it's out already because presumably they just wanted to make that site and leave it up evergreen, but. I was like, well, how do I get this then? Is it out? Is it not out? What's happening? Um, so it's not out yet, apparently. So I, I reinstalled it, but I'm not going to play it anymore. I will play the DLC when it comes out. Um, I mostly got the season pass because I got a, a free gift card from work for Christmas. Um, and I was like, well, the the season pass comes with the original Watch Dogs game, which I never played, and I was like, "Well, that's a good little deal for whatever it is, forty euro. You get the C, the like DLC content plus a free game." I was like, "All right." Um, and by the way, speaking of work, I go, I won a a little award at work for the year, which came with another hundred euro gift card. What? 
<laughs> I got a uh, cli- what is it? Client Recognition Oscar Award. They do like an Oscars of the Year Award. What? Yeah. So I got. It's going to be posted to me. Haven't received it yet, but like a, a framed certificate, an Oscar statuette, hundred euro one for all gift card, and like a box of celebrations or something. I was like, thanks very much. That'll go to like all my video games for the next year. <laughs> so Hitman, I had pre-ordered Hitman on Amazon, not realizing the uh, Brexit impact that that's going to have on yeah. postage and all that shite. So I canceled that sharply, uh, reordered from smits.ie. Uh, so that's going to be on the way. Can't wait to play Hitman 3. My brother, by the way, is now so fucking lucky. Just yesterday started Hitman 1, the 2016, wow. for the first time. I gave him my Hitman 2. He he had Hitman 1 on PS Plus, but never played it. So now he can, he can play Hitman 1 and 2 in the Hitman 2 engine. I gave him my Hitman 2 because I have the physical copy of that. I was like, oh, you're so lucky of the two Hitman games to play. And then three coming out. Now, to be fair, I'm not giving him my Hitman 3 until I beat it. But one day, um, but yeah, Watch Dogs Legion, uh, completed the story, completed all the side missions. Um, to me, that's completing the game, regardless of what the trophy list tells you to do in a kind of, you remember Where's Wally or Where's Waldo if you're in the uh, States of United America. Um, it was like, find Wally, find the little dog, the wizard, yada, yada. And then if you wanted more, you like go to the back and had like find a man with two ice cream cones. Like to get a little bit of extra content. I'm like, well, I found all the Wally and all that. I don't really care to do the pointless stuff. So um I I kind of feel the same way I, I did about it. Um there's some really, really cool uh singular missions. The game itself is very fun and very easy to to play and just plow hours into. Um the characters being randomly generated is a double-edged sword in that you you do like the ones that you play as. You kind of get a more of a attachment to them than I ever did in Watch Dogs 2 with whatever yeah. it was called Marcus. But also there's a, a huge number of the characters that you just never play as, and so you don't feel anything for anything. them. I thought I thought the final mission was quite fun. Uh the story ends on a bit of an anticlimax. Um and also, without spoiling anything, it does the uh, the cardinal sin that was committed by Rise of Skywalker when it uh, kills Chewbacca and then a minute later goes, oh, no, actually, he's grand. And you're like, well, wh- why'd you do that in the first place? Uh, Watch Dogs Legion does a thing like that at the very end of the game and then immediately goes, oh, actually, he's all right. Don't worry. And you're like, ah, oh, it was stupid then. Don't do it at all or do it properly. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, really enjoyed it. Really liked London as a setting. Um, actually got me thinking, God, I'd love to revisit London someday and just do like sightseeing, which I never have done on a visit to London. I've always just, you know, whether I went to uh, hang out with Joe and the gang or go see a show in London, I've never actually taken the time to just like, let's go see Wellington Arch or let's go see, you know, whatever, the walkie-talkie building or any of that stuff. You know, it's all been... Um, a bit more activity based. So I would like to just kind of you know, walk around and see the sights. Um, and so yeah, like San Francisco, I think San, San Francisco was like a, a perfect choice 
uh, for location. I think London was equally good. So that was a big thumbs up uh, to a game that I thought I would never get after Watch Dogs 2 wasn't a huge success. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really happy, really happy it came out because it, it the stuff that Watch Dogs 2 did well, this game does equally well. Um, and it's not a game you have to play for 100 hours necessarily. 30 hours is going to basically allow you to see everything in the game, play it your way. It does give you a lot of options to play in a kind of Hitman style. Uh, so yeah, big thumbs up on that. And I have played the first couple of, maybe two hours, maybe hour and a half, two hours of Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mm. That game equally is very easy to play and very fun. And, you know, it's a stamp of a good game when you prefer not to fast travel and you just swing your way through the city every time because it's real fun to do. Um, I just got past... Where am I in the game? I got past the bit where you get the smartphone app and you help uh, your uncle with the trains. Right. I think I'm just past that, so... Early in the game. You you would um, easily beat the very far. You would easily beat it before Hitman. That's good. Well, Hitman, I have 20th of January, I think it said it's going to be sent out. So, yeah, that's fine. Um, it's got a, like a frenetic pace, though, so far. Like, I, there's one bit where you have the Christmas dinner. But apart from that, it's like, I almost want the game to, like, slow down a little bit. Like, it's so frenetic. It's like, this happened, this happened, this happened. Then you're here, then you're here, then you're here. Okay, okay. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the I think that's the area where it's most different from the other Spider-Man game. Basically, every every main mission, for lack of a better term, uh, like legitimately advances the story in a in a moderate to significant way. Like I think, like if I was to guess, I'd say there's right. probably only about like fifteen or sixteen actual main missions in the game. Um, now the side the side quests you get on the app there's stories up there and they are relevant but uh, yeah yeah well I'm enjoying it so far is that everything for the for the week for yourself yeah uh, yeah I haven't really played much I, I started Call of Duty the new one um uh, so that now takes up a big gigantic chunk of my PS5 hard drive. Um, it's good. It's it's you know it's I I played a lot of the last one uh, after not playing Call of Duty for years. So so this one's a little bit familiar. But you know the new maps are are, are cool. Um, uh, I don't have too many takes about it relative to the old one. I, I haven't finished the campaign yet. Um, I'm not really into the Black Ops campaign. I just don't think that, that stuff is as clever or interesting as. As, as some people seem to, but I'll I'll play it just for the sake of playing. Uh, I will say it's the first game post Astro where I felt they've used the next gen features on the controller, uh, which I do really like. You know, when you're being bombarded and there's things popping off around you, the controller shakes in a really convincing way. There's resistance on the triggers when you're shooting. Uh, that's really cool. I can see that irritating people, but I think it's I think it's neat. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all. Right. That's all I've really played this week, and I haven't even played that much of it. So, uh, yeah, not much. Not much else on the old video game front for moi. What about you, Joe? Are you playing any Switch this week? No, no. I finished Galaxy, so I'm on a bit of a break from the games at the moment. Just uh, reading, right, reading okay. some books instead. 
Ah. Books are the games of paper. Yeah. Except Paper Mario. That's the game. Yeah. Ah. That's true. Paper. That is true. Well, uh, with uh, the games out of the way, then I suppose we can jump in to the emails. I've got one here from Mr. Scott. He has said... Uh, he's got some quick moment of the year for us. He says, biggest laugh slash cringe moment was Sami Zayn handcuffing Jeff Hardy to a ladder by his earlobe. I laughed when he did right. it cringe when I saw Jeff trying to carry the ladder. Whilst the that sounds horrible. In a, kind of, in a way, I'm kind of curious to see it, though. Uh, biggest, oh, thank God of the year, WWE ending most of its pay-per-views by 10, uh, 10 p.m. local time. As someone who gets uh, up at 4.45 in the morning, that extra hour of sleep is great. Um, yeah, I've heard lots of praise for that at the very least in the old uh, the old pandemic uh, era. Trend I'm done with pre recorded matches on pay per view events. Undertaker's last match was great. After that, they've all been terrible. Yes, Scott, in agreement with you there on that. Uh, worst timing of the year. Becky announces she's pregnant, sharing the hottest run she's ever had. The equivalent of Stone Cold deciding to walk away when he did. Uh, quote of the year: Brock from the Royal Rumble. Not for him saying he's a big boy. But before that, if you catch him saying Heathy comes out, he goes, who's this motherfucker? Uh, looking forward to a great year listening to you three. Have a great week. Scott. Thank you very much, Scott. Have a great week yourself. And thank you for your moments of the year. <laughs> what about you, boys? Uh, I also have an email from Mr. Scott McAvoy. <clears throat> it says, subject, uh, you had a brilliant idea. Well, don't I always Scott every week? Um, he says, good evening, Joe. Uh, last show you had an incredibly brilliant idea, and I don't think you even realized it. You mentioned Vince killing the NWO. Maybe the world should put Triple H in charge of a program with the COVID virus, and he can bury it like he's done with so many other careers. Well, I, I heartily agree with that, Scott, I think. Although, I mean, saying that, Triple H did uh, discover that top secret chemical that, that killed COVID, and I don't know what happened to that. Um, maybe he just couldn't get it off the ground, but you know, it couldn't do any harm. Uh, put Triple H in charge. Um, Scott also goes on to say, you also said that Mario Galaxy was the last Mario game you needed to play. Does that mean you won't be playing any of the Mario Kart, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, and Mario sports games? Um, I do have Mario Kart, but I, in terms of the, the games I was trying to play, it was the kind of real the flagship Mario games. I know there's a lot of other um, kind of spin-offs, but I'm not particularly interested. I'm not a big sports game fan to be honest or, or a racing uh, game fan either so play a bit of Mario Kart but I'm not not too bothered about the uh, the, the broader Mario kind of franchise um, I know he pimps himself out to any any old game so um, <laughs> just interested in the, in the main ones um, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and thank you again for having me on episode 500 it's always a great time to go back over the last year in the show well, well you're welcome to go on thanks for coming on and that is my emails for the week uh, I have an email from El Hijo del Scott McAvoy. Wait a second, is he El Hijo? Who's the one? Is that yeah, Stephen Big? Okay, no, that was him. Yeah, I'm confused. Um, good evening, Paul. Since you were the person who reviewed the Mandalorian on the show last week, uh, have you seen Mandalorian? Have you finished that yet, Barry? Yeah, I forgot it on my my telly roundup. I think because I literally just had an episode or two to go when we last spoke. I did finish it. I loved it. Better than season one. I can echo all your sentiments now, uh, wholeheartedly. Now that I've seen it, I, go, I could do without the Jedi shades. I'm being honest. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, my my in in a world where everyone has screamed about Star Wars for the last ten years, 
I think my only actual hot take is that Rogue One's a really good film, except for the bit where they have a YouTube fan film of Darth Vader at the end where he comes in um, being epic, you know, um, and, and, and doing badass moves on everyone. I mean, he, he might as well have just hurricane ran at someone in that hallway. Um, <laughs> I just had I just had no time for. I mean, the whole franchise is fan service at this stage, but I have no time for it when it's that bare arsed and out in your face. Um, the other the the stuff in the final episode of Mandalorian season two was was better. It was less it was less egregious, but I still kind of just like eh. I just don't, I just don't need it, and I don't need uh, Henry Cavill fake mustache removal CGI in it either. I was uh, going to say at the end of Rogue One when they have a CGI chipmunk play uh, Princess Leia, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I my my take on the the last episode of Mandalorian. We're going to talk about sports Mandalorian now. If you haven't watched it, too bad. Um, is when they when Luke first showed up, and you have like the long shots. Even when he first takes Oda off, I'm like, oh, that looks like that looks really good. And then they do like the close up when he's talking, and I'm like, oi, oi, that looks like shit. Um, because typically I'm not someone who finds the uncanny uncanny valley that like perturbing. I thought um, Peter Cushing in Rogue One was like fine. Yeah, same. I thought that. Yeah, I thought the Leia looked horrible, and and Luke far away, I thought looked great. And once they went to close up and his mouth was moving, I was yeah. Henry Cavill lip category. Um, but yeah, Mandalorian overall was good. Anyway, Scott emailed, in case you forgot about that. Um, and he says that he hasn't seen a Star Wars movie in years. Um, he has a question that you might be able to answer. How did the Empire keep its hold on the galaxy? None of the stormtroopers seem to be able to hit the ground with both feet. They can't seem to capture one guy. Uh, the Mandalorian, that they know where he is and what he's up to, and even with all the resources they have, everyone seems to escape uh, them when chased. How did these buffoons manage to keep control of the galaxy? Scott, you are uh, 100% right, and that is one of the inherent problems with Star Wars, is that um, not only are you know the Empire incredibly inept, but that Star Wars is such a a small little world for as much as it's about a galaxy. And um, rather than come up with a, a, a new threat, they said, oh, the, the stormtroopers again and the Empire again. Don't worry about how it happened. Um, and like two people murder a, an entire army in Mandalorian season two alone. They just destroy everyone. Like, it's so funny. Which, yeah, it, it, that is a problem is that, you know, it's the old wrestling thing, right? Is that the, a, a baby face is strongest against a strong heel. You know, it's the old thing of the heel never talks the baby face down and vice versa. Because then when you beat when you beat them, oh, you beat someone who's shit. Or if you lose, hey, you lost to the shit person. But Mandalorian especially, and, and to an extent the movies, do such a job of making the Empire look like idiots that when the heroes succeed, you're like, well, of course, they're idiots! How could you not succeed? Um, Scott continues, I'm not sure if I missed it or not, but did none of you watch Jingle All the Way this year? Have a great week. Well, Scott, sometimes you even got to give The Godfather a year off. You know? I did, I watched it. You did? I've... I, I've watched I think I watched Jingle All the Way something like four times last year. So 
I, it was one of those things where I, I think at the time I said I, I wasn't going to talk about it much because we have done it to death on this show. Um, but yeah, I yeah. watched it. Uh, Brona hadn't seen it, so I made her watch it, and she begrudgingly admitted it was good. It um, is it's great. Um, and, I, and I was like, oh, you don't do it. I get the turbo out course. I got my best customer. Because I was doing that the whole way through it, so I was surprised she didn't, she didn't walk out of the room. Because <laughs> um, I remember... Not last year, maybe the year before. It was on like film four in like June while we were recording the podcast. <laughs> we just had it on in the background. But like it was on it was on like film four in the middle of June at like nine in the evening. Who was watching Jingle All the Way at that time? What a weird thing. That was. Um no, I only watched one Christmas movie this year. It was Christmas Muppets Christmas Carol. That was it. That's the one to watch, isn't it? That's the one to watch. That's my email. Thank you very much, Scott. Uh, is that everyone? Or Joe, have you got an email? No, Discord. Discord, perfect. With all that, then, we can segue into the last part of the show, which is our wrestling guff. And it is, of course, our annual prediction episode. Okay, where we are going to run through the predictions from last year, score it all up, see how everyone's doing, and then we will do new predictions for 2021. Do we want to talk about Dynamite, or will we just go straight into predictions? I don't think Dynamite was especially... I thought it was good. I didn't think it was really noteworthy. Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was a great episode. Yeah, it was a great episode. Amazing main event. I mean, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I thought it was great, but when I saw Meltzer gave it five stars, I was like... Lad, come on. Uh, Can we not give yeah. five stars for... Like, Jingle All The Way, give her your off. Can we not give, have a week without five stars being given out? <laughs> like, he's given, a, he's given a couple in the pandemic era. I was like, hey, I, like, all this wrestling with no crowds, and you're giving it, like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Anyway, but it was, it was really good. It was, like, it, it didn't cross the line of uh, overindulgent Kenny Omega kicking out of 10 million things. I thought it was the right balance. Um, and I thought the the I, I I don't really care one way or the other about the Bullet Club, but I thought the show ending angle was was really good for what it was. Yeah, I thought I thought it was intriguing, certainly intriguing. Uh, and the, the Wardlow match was really good as well with Hager. Oh yeah, that was great. All all in on Wardlow. Yeah, uh, decent talker too. Um, yeah, um, the only thing I didn't like about the show is I thought Jericho was horrendous. Um, on commentary, um, I, I I hope I hope that they are finishing up with that soon. <laughs> I know what you mean. He was particularly screechy, like he is. Um, if you've ever listened to the Talking Shop Jericho podcasts, where he thinks he's mm. one of the lads, and he's constantly going, "Oh yeah," and like reminding you that he's a little metal singer, and oh, he's a very annoying man sometimes. Uh, yes, that was uh, that was AEW, um, uh, and they are doing another one of these New Year special next week. They're doing Pac versus Eddie Kingston, um, which I think will be good. So yeah, uh, we can then get into the big prediction game. Uh, I'm going to pull up here. These are the 2020 predictions that the lads and myself made. Uh, roughly this time last year, it's usually the second um, uh, 
the second show of the year we do. So here we go. Uh, again, the questions are different almost every year. We have there are some overlaps, there are some different ones. Um, so so uh, there will be some repeat questions in the uh, in in the twenty one ones, but we'll just do twenty twenty for now. So the first question I posed to you, I think it's the one we've done every year since we we started doing this. Uh, it was the Royal Rumble winners. Uh, for the 2020 Royal Rumble. You'll recall, of course, the eventual winners were Charlotte and... McIntyre. Mac of course, I remember that. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> um, and the predictions were as follows. Myself, Barry, I said oh Roman Reigns and Sasha Banks. So... <laughs> Neil Poir for me. Uh, Joe said Roman Reigns also and for the women's match he said Charlotte Flair so Woo! Joe Towney Towner Woo! gets one point there and then Paul uh, went with Rey Mysterio <laughs> and Ronda Rousey oh, uh, who did not who did not in fact come back at all this year so no i think problem. i based quite a lot of my picks around ronda rousey returning and that never happens so i'm not doing well this year we'll move on to the next category wrestlemania main event what simply what would it be paul's prediction ronda rousey versus <laughs> becky lynch <laughs> so neil poir for this uh joe said cm punk versus triple h which was a uh, <laughs> Uh, a I might start having to do a thing where, like, if you go really out there with a guess, you get extra points if it's right, rather than being safe. Uh, but I think this. I was just thinking if if anyone had correctly predicted uh, the boneyard match, I would have given them five points for it. Yeah, yeah, and then and then I said Sasha versus Becky, so we were all wrong. Zero points there across the board. Uh, so Joe leads with one point at this stage. Look, I think this speaks to our lack of WWE watching, which is now even less. The 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 questions for for twenty one are are basically non existent WWE on that end. So, uh, I mean, I still I still think we should do like the Royal Rumble. No, no, I, there are there are some the WWE ones. There are some WWE ones in there. Um, so let me just see here. There we go. Okay, just making an alteration to the predictions for this year. Okay, next one for twenty twenty. Does CM Punk wrestle this year? That was the question for the year of 2020, January 1st to December 31st. I said no. Joe said no. Paul said yes. Oh Ooh. my God. I'm so stupid. A point to myself and Joe there for that one. I hedged my bets. I went for him in the Mania main event, but then also said he wouldn't wrestle. Oh, <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, you know, you know. Uh, next question: Will AEW get a renewed television deal? I said yes. Joe said yes. Paul said yes. Oh, so uh, three points there across the board. It was fairly. It was fairly early in the year that they got that, like a, a an emphatic renewal for like three years and a second television show. Mm -hmm. So uh, three points for the boys there. One jump that we were all allowed to pick two AEW. So we all predicted one person jumping two AEW. Those predictions were as follows. 
Barry said the revival. So I get a point there for that. Joe said Matt Hardy. So he gets a point there. It's pretty good. Paul said Paul Paul said nobody. Uh, what? I don't know what you were going for there, but uh Well Barry, I didn't know there's gonna be a pandemic this year, so sorry, lad. What, 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 does, that what does that have to do with anything? No, these pricks are all wrestling regardless. Yeah, but my I I guess I was thinking that WWE were like they're on a, a hit of not releasing people. So uh, anyway. Next question. Point for you. Will AEW and New Japan officially partner up this year? It was no's across the board from the three of us, and no was in fact the correct answer. So points across the board there. Next question. Uh, this was another universal answer from all of us. Who will beat Chris Jericho for the AEW title? Uh, the answers across the board were John Moxley from all three of us. So a point to everyone there. Uh, next question. Now this one, there might be a little bit ambiguous uh, here. So I'm going to have to be the judge on this one. My question right. to you was, does the XFL survive the year? Which technically it did not. Uh, it went out. They they folded up shop there quickly uh, early on in the pandemic after early successes. You know they had some early success. Um, it has obviously the name has been purchased and uh, I don't know what else involved by the Rock. Whether or not you consider that surviving, I don't necessarily think I do. V- Vince McMahon's XFL went tits up. Is yeah. is. Yeah. Is is the result? So so we'll say no is the answer there on that one. In in in, in my my opinion. Uh, so does the XFL survive the year? Uh, I said no. Joe said yes, and Paul said no. So myself and Paul get Uno point there uh, for that. Next question. Another one that I think has been on the agenda multiple years on the trot here. Do we see indie shows? On the WWE Network? The answer, of course, was yes. They've started rolling out Progress, uh, WXW, Evolve, and ICW. I said no. Uh, Joe said yes. Oh, come on. And Paul said yes. So, points to the lads there for that. Uh, And then the final question, which is always any other predictions. We all make three predictions each. Uh, each prediction valid for one point. Uh, each my predictions were as follows: Heyman to be ousted from Raw, mm. which is correct. AEW will have more than one intergender match, which is not correct. And Tony Khan will have at least one promo on television, which ended up right at the final show of the year ended up being being true. Um, uh, skin of my skin of my teeth there. So two points for me. I think that's better than I usually do on the general predictions. Uh, Joe's predictions. He said Undertaker would wrestle, which is true. Yeah. AEW announces a UK television or pay per view show, which did not happen, and uh, Donald Trump to appear on WWE television, which did not happen. Uh, that could be a that could be one for this year, perhaps. <laughs> uh, Paul. Paul said. <laughs> general managers 
general managers return to Raw and SmackDown, which I don't know if they have or they haven't. Have they? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, they, have, they have Adam Pierce as like an authority figure on SmackDown these days. Yeah, a, a very generic one that they don't give a name to for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what has happened on Raw these days. No, I don't think anyone does. Um, you had Mox to challenge for the IWGP heavyweight title, which was a good guess, but uh, obviously he has not been over there since March, so no joy on that one. And your last one, which seemed like a shoe in Batista to cry at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> but there was no Hall of Fame, so you get Neil Poit there for that. So I'm going to add up the points here for myself. Okay. Wait, no, that can't be right. <laughs> I don't want to give myself too many points here. <laughs> okay. While you're adding up there, do you do you remember who who won last year's one? Since we went through, uh, I have no recollection. <laughs> I've never. I don't think I've ever won it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, in reverse order, we had Paul with five points. Hey, man. Second, second and first place um, entries got eight points and nine points, respectively. <laughs> The winner of the 2020 prediction game, Mr. Joe Towner. Yeah! Undertaker Wrestling got you across the line there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good Good one. So well well done, Mark, for for helping out Joe there. (laughs) All righty. So Joe is your winner. But, of course, uh, every prediction uh, uh, game, uh, there are results and there is a new... Uh, there's a new round. Uh, so we will pull up. I'm going to pull up the dock here. I think I have less questions this year. Let me just double check how many we have. Uh, let me clean up my formatting here, which is terrible. Nine. Okay, yeah, no, it's about the same. Nine, uh, nine questions. The last one is your uh, uh, three miscellaneous questions where you can just throw anything out there. So. We'll start off as we often do. Who will win the Royal Rumble? Two points up for grabs here, men and women. Uh, we'll start with Joe Towner as the winner. Oh, um, okay. For the men's, I heard that Daniel Bryan is the current betting favorite. So I'm going to just go with Daniel Bryan because otherwise I have absolutely uh, no idea who who might win it. So Daniel Bryan for the men. Uh, for the women, uh, could Charlotte win it again? Probably. Did, uh, I'd probably go for... I don't even know who the champions are. This is the problem. <laughs> it's uh, Sa- Sasha, Drew, uh, Asuka. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck, oh, it's yeah. hard. Oh yeah, is Asuka still the women's champion? No, I might be wrong on that. I might be wrong. It might be I can't remember who it is. Really 
Hang on, let me Google. Let me just Google this because otherwise. I can't picture anyone with a row. It must be Asuka. Uh... <laughs> this, is good. this is great. Um, yeah, it's Asuka. Okay. Oh, she, yeah. She... So, and then, okay, I'll go for Bailey. Okay. It'll probably be Ronda Rousey or something. No, I'll go for Bailey. <laughs> okay, Bailey. Yeah, solid guess. Uh, I will go for Daniel Bryan as well in the men. Uh, bit of it trying to get inside WWE's head for the women here. I'll say Rhea Ripley, mm. um, based on you know they didn't do her right in 2020. They they've made constant mistakes with her. Uh, she just lost on NXT this week, but I think I think they will try and reset her with a Rumble win. I think, and then she's a main roster star. So, mm. um, and she could, and I I wouldn't be shocked. Even, even though Charlotte and Asuka just won the tag belts, if between now and Mania they turn on each other, Charlotte wins the belt and they do the rematch. That's my guess, but that's that's out there. That's me That's me taking a shot in the dark, you know. Uh, Paul, what are you thinking for the men and women here? Mm, see, I'm wondering if I should go, for, like I did last year, for the, the out there guess. Because in a sense, <laughs> if, if, I, if I'm right, it's more impressive. And if I'm wrong... Uh, uh, although I look stupid, it's it's more entertaining for the podcast. I'm just looking up the uh, the female the female roster here, um, because although she was not in my head, I like that Rhea Ripley pick a lot. Mm. Although I wonder if they would give her the like last eliminated push. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. To the eventual winner, rather than the win um, because although the Charlotte beating her obviously is, is is left a sour taste in our mouths I think I don't know whether storyline wise that it was that important um, mm. and, duh, 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 duh. who else who else could realistically win it God, why is there not just a list of the women's roster here on Wikipedia? Thanks, Wikipedia, piece of shit. Um, no, I tell you what, I will go. I will go Rhea Ripley as well. I like that pick. And I, for my men's pick, I'm going to go out there. So you're ready for this. Mm. You're ready to sit down for this surprise. It hasn't leaked yet on the internet, which is mad. The winner of the men's Royal Rumble 2021. Are you ready? Drum roll. <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That would certainly be, be shocking. All right. So myself and Joe going for Daniel Bryan, myself and Paul going for Rhea Ripley in the women's, and Paul going for John Cena in the men, Joe going for Bailey with the women. Okay, next question. Another another rolling question. You get uh, every year the prize pool is doubled if you get it right. That's not true. Uh, will Charles Montgomery Punk wrestle this year? Uh, I will. I went to Joe first. I'll go to Paul first this time. So I said yes last year because of the his appearance on WWE backstage. Um, but it seems lately like he's he's been more and more outspoken about WWE, and there's been rumbles of the AEW talk. 
Um, nevertheless, I will this year say no. Okay. Uh, Paul is saying no. Uh, I will say yes. I think he will wrestle this year. Uh, Joe, over to yourself. Um, I'll say yes. I'm, I'm really not sure, but I'll go yes. Yeah, this one, this one really is a crapshoot because I think if he, even though he is talking about it more now, I feel like he also wouldn't talk about it if he was actually interested in doing it. Funnily enough. Uh, anyway, question number three: Will AEW and or WWE resume touring this year? So touring the AEW already has fans, obviously. So that's 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 a bridge that's been crossed. Uh, uh, when I say touring, I mean proper touring, going to multiple different towns, a different place each week, um, uh, and you know, moving the Thunderdome doesn't count. We're talking real deal, you know, touring. Um, now that can be that can be that doesn't have to be going from Florida to Cleveland to New York to Mexico to London. Uh, you know, do you think they'll will they? You know, any any definition of just not being in the same place every week with no fans? That's 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 the question, basically. Um, I'll go first here since I I haven't got first yet. I will say yes. What about you, Paul? I will say no. Okay. Uh, and again, this is e- either or. If one or both does it, that's fine. It's any any company hit in the road. Joe, what about yourself? Uh, I'd say yes. I think okay. towards the end of the year, I think oh, something will happen. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many moving parts there. It's it's you know, quality of vaccine rollout, but also like, yes. will they care about that and just give up and just go back on the road at some point? You know, so that's that's going to be an interesting one to look at there uh, next year. All righty. Next question. Will Kenny Omega win the Impact Heavyweight title this year? And we will go back to Joe to start this off. Will he win the Impact title? I will say yes. I will also say yes. Paul? Yeah, three across the board. Across the board, yes. Okay. Uh, another rolling question. Will New Japan and AEW officially team up this year? Uh, I'll go first, and I will say yes. Mm-hmm. you, Joe? Uh, it's a no from me on that one. I don't see that. I don't see that. Joe. And Paul? I will say yes. Okay. Although I don't anticipate this year there necessarily being much actual... Traveling. Traveling or cross promotion, but maybe uh, some of the like people on strong initially or like uh, announcements being made. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Next question Does Sting wrestle a match this year? Any definition of a match? And we'll start with Paul. Yeah, he will. What about you, Joe? Um, I think yes, Cin- cinematic or something of that nature. Okay, I will. I will echo that. That's another yes across the board. Uh, all right. Next question: Does Dynamite 
get over the 1 million total viewer mark for a show that is opposed by NXT. So no, none of this NXT is preempted or Dynamite on Thursday, which which they have had had successes on. Will they get over 1 million viewers on a Wednesday night against NXT? Um, I will say yes for that. Uh, what about you, Paul? Um, oh, this is a tough one because it, it also factors in assuming that NXT will remain on Wednesday for the rest of the year. I, I feel like they will. I, I, I don't feel like NXT will, no matter how shit it is. I think USA are content to just have it. I, 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 I mean, if you want to, yeah, you could certainly make that one of your miscellaneous predictions. But I, I, sure, I sure. yeah, uh, just for if anyone for context, I mean, the the Brody Lee tribute show came within a hair. It was like nine thousand nine hundred and seventy seven thousand. Winter is Winter is coming did like nine fifty. The week after Winter is coming did like nine sixty. They've sniffed it. They've had segments go over a million, but since the very first episode is the only one that's actually been over a million. Just for context, for anyone curious. Um. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. All right, Joe. I I think they will. Yeah, I think it's the only thing I would that would make me hesitate is that obviously TV ratings are kind of falling year on year. So right. Even if they do better, it, it may be tougher to do the right. But I think they probably will at some point. All righty. Uh, second to last question here. Does Dwayne Johnson's XFL have a match, a game this year? <laughs> I think it's more likely that Dwayne The Rock Johnson will have a match this year. <laughs> no, no for me. Uh, yeah, I'd also say no. I do not think they will kick a ball in anger in this calendar year too, too soon. I will say yes. Just to be different. And that brings us to the miscellaneous prediction section. Three predictions, each worth one point. Same as you heard in the 2020 round. Uh, hmm. What we'll do is we'll go one prediction, one prediction, one prediction, and do a little round that way. Uh, Won't we start with Paul? I've made a list of eight predictions that I will modify obviously based on i assume some of you guys will predict the same stuff that i have predicted um mm. and uh I'll, I'll eliminate you know because some of them are a bit out there some of them are a bit more straightforward so it's just de- de- determining which ones do i go for first maybe i start with a, a simpler one then a middle one and then maybe an out there one that's maybe the way i go um so I will start with my simple one. I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty dead on based on historical storylines and how AW are, are actually quite good at building a long-term storyline. So my first prediction will be that Adam Page will challenge for the world title on pay-per-view. Page challenges for world title on EPV. Excellent. Okay. Um, I'll go next. Daniel Bryan will leave WWE. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, what about you, Joe? 
Um, I'm going to say that AEW, also AEW Dynamite, will beat Raw in the demo, the 1849 demo, at least twice this year. Twice or two two times or more. I like that. Already, you guys have have made predictions. We're not on my list. So I still have seven, seven to pick from. At least twice. Perfect. Okay, and we go back to Paul. Mm, which one do I go for here? I will go for... Oh, which one? Okay, I will go for one. Since I've been beating the drum for it for so long anyway, I will predict that MJF kicks Jericho out of the inner circle and becomes the leader of the group. Mm-hmm. Very good. Out of inner circle. Very good. Okay. Uh, I will say Kenny Omega will be AEW champion until full gear. When's full gear? November. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, back to Joe. Um, I predict that AEW will hold a blood and guts match this year. Ooh. Long overdue. Blood and guts. Very good. Okay. Oh, I've, I've again. None of none of mine have been used. I, I assumed that some of these are going to be used. Already. Ah, I, I have too many meaty ones. Which one do I pick? Which one do I pick? I have one, two, three. Okay. Well, I'll 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 go with one. And then I'll tell you what my other ones were anyway, but they they won't be used as official predictions. I'll just mention them so that when they're right, I can anyway boast that I... Boast, yeah, sure. (laughs) Oh, which one will I go with? Which one will I go with? There's two. I'm stuck between two. Which is the more... I will say Impact Wrestling are outright bought by AW or at least some kind of controlling interest or, or merger. So oh. some official merger of Impact Wrestling and AW and that Impact Wrestling is is rebranded somehow. Wow. Okay, very good. Interesting. Okay, so that's three for Paul. Uh, go back to myself here. A very cynical one, but I'm going to use it anyway. New Japan will sign Marty Skrull. Okay. Uh, very possible. Very possible. Very possible. But also, but also, I think just you know, uh, possible. It could also not happen for the obvious reasons. But I'll take a I'll take a, a very cynical gamble and say that they will. Uh, so that's three for me, and we go back to Joe for two more. Oh, one more. Uh, sorry. Sorry, one more. Um... Yeah, my final one. Uh, Britt Baker will win the AEW Women's Title at some point this year. Very likely. Yeah. Women's Title. Very good. Very good. Alrighty, those are three. Those are those are three solid sets there of uh, predictions. You got some ballsy ones in there. It'll be interesting to see if they come to fruition. But for now, those are stored away. 
in the little in. in the little notes app for the rest of the year. And with that, folks, I think that's let me give it. you let me give you first my 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 alternate okay honorable mentions right just that uh, not, not not obviously not included in the game but just something for listeners to keep an eye out for in the year okay uh so these were the ones that i i um turned my nose up to and did not go with um kenny omega now this is this is obviously outside of aw it's more of a john moxley style thing kenny omega advertised to appear on a new japan show okay um Obviously, appearing is different than being advertised, but um, I can see at least an advertisement of that. Uh, the one-winged angel will be kicked out of. <laughs> that was the one that I almost went with for my third one. Um, I just think, you know, that might be what they, at this year's uh, All Out, there may be some little kick out of that. Um, I said John Moxley will no longer be the New Japan US champion by March 31st. Mm, okay. uh, that's quarter one, let's call it. Um, AEW to uh, instate women's tag team titles slash uh, a men's trio tag team titles. And then mm. finally, the fun one. Uh, Bray Wyatt becomes dancing fool babyface. <laughs> there you go. Solid, yeah. I think I think I think you had a, a very good suite of picks there. To be honest, um, uh, let me see here. Okay, so um, uh, that's going to be the show for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with more of the same. We'll have additional uh, telly golf and all the other stuff. Going to try and just. Uh, you know, I put myself out of my misery and just do a cutoff of uh, of films from 2020, and I, I might do a top ten here, counting down what my favorite films were when it was all said and done. Uh, and then, as you know, the usual uh, wrestling guff. Your emails, shareshoppodcast.com If you want to email, uh, we'll be reviewing Dynamite and the other fun games. So, with all that said, thanks very much for listening, everyone. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye, and it's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. Cheerio, friends. <laughs> <laughs>